So they've also, as an aside, just for the continuing joke of Connor can't pronounce names, their left inside linebacker group is a fucking nightmare for me. So it's Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, Roquan Smith, Joel Igawibunwe. Like, and there's also, and this, this is fantastic, right inside linebacker, Ro Derek Hoskins. I like that name. That's a good one. Hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. Uh, this week we will be looking at the NFC North uh, in our preview section at the Bears, Lions, Packers and Vikings. So hey guys, we've got Connor here, we've got Harry yeah. and we've got Ronan. Hello. How are we getting on that? Is any crack? Hi, yeah, Grant. It's been much better than uh, last week. Recovered very nicely. Uh, it's been a bit cooler now, so getting a bit of getting a bit of sleep. Yeah. Uh, I know many of you are going to be doing your fantasy leagues and, and so on. We're doing our own one. We had a little bit of a, a nice uh, thing suggested by one of the guys in the league. Uh, so normally we you know we use the, the the fees to buy prizes and there'll be like you know just sort of NFL merch and some beers and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and this year we decided to do something a bit different because of the way the NFL has sort of uh, been over the last while so we took the the prize pool and then I doubled it as the league commissioner and we donated it to the uh, Malcolm Jenkins Foundation mm. uh, so we can actually do some good and support uh, the players who are you know trying to promote uh, social justice and equality and things like that in the face of the league's utter country yep you're a pile of dickheads <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sure it's a small amount but sure look every little bit helps and sure it's, uh, it's it's nice because uh, to be honest all we would have done is just like had a had a couple of beanie hats or something instead, so it's a ah, it's good fun. How about yourself? It's Cork going well. Yeah, learning of having to quickly do lots of adaptive trials. Very interesting. I'm sure you can all look for the adaptive trials podcast next off season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that before or after the punt stats podcast? Oh, punt stats. Uh, that, that's going to be so every three or four weeks. Study. Yeah. <laughs> Every every three or four weeks during the regular season, we're going to just check in for the punt stats corner and just be an update on, on what the what the models are telling us. Of course, so we'll have a we'll, we'll fly straight on into it. So this is the NFC North. Uh, we'll kick off with the Bears, I suppose. So they've added in uh, Matt Nagy as the head coach. They brought in Alan Robinson, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, Raquan Smith, and Aaron Lynch. They lost Josh Sitton, Tom Compton. Uh, they're straight out of Compton. Pernell McPhee and Kendall Wright. So this is a uh, this is an interesting team to look at. Brought over the offensive coordinator from the Chiefs, who they're hoping is going to be able to get the most out of their nice second year Trubisky. Uh, they've added a couple of weapons for him in the form of Tabor, Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson. They already had the the next or the, the the kind of core of a nice looking running group going there beforehand, and a couple of pieces on defense that were starting to look look while well, not there, starting to look there, and they've added a few pieces in the likes of uh, Raquan Smith to try and assist with that. Now. I'm not sure if we're convinced, no spoilers, but I'm not sure if we're completely convinced they've turned the corner here, but what do we reckon? Uh, is this going to help Trubisky turn around? Is Matt Nagy going to be able to get something out of him? Or is this a massive balloon pumped full of hype that you don't believe a fucking word of? Is, is there that much hype? I mean, <laughs> If you go on the internet, everyone is just like... Mitch Trubisky? Who the fuck is Aaron Rodgers? Mitch Trubisky, man! Yeah, uh, the uh, titty-kissing Green Bay-supporting uh, Chicago Bears quarterback. Yeah. This is not good. I'm gonna be... No, this is trash. This team was a dumpster fire. Yes, part of that was to do with the fact that John Fox is a totally incompetent head coach. They're replacing Matt Nagy. Unknown quantity, really, at this point, in terms of head coaching ability. But, like, I... 
I don't rate Trubisky. I don't think we really saw anything from him last season that indicated he can be a transcendentally good talent. Like, I think he struggled with decision-making a lot. Uh, I don't think he has the uh, arm strength you want from, like, a guy who's truly able to get the best out of a not-that-great-group of receivers. And I mean, yes, Alan Robinson is pretty good, but again, he was never, like, a dominant guy. And beyond that, that receiving core is still absolutely trash. Kevin White hasn't been, had how many chances now to actually do something and stop being permanently injured? He hasn't. Like, Taylor Gabriel... Right, okay, what does Taylor Gabriel do? Like, he's essentially a scat back. You've already got Tarek Cohen. What does he add to this offense that they don't already have? I don't know. Uh, Anthony Miller, intriguing, right? Again, intriguing prospect. But again, rookie wide receiver's huge caveat comes in that first season. And he's a guy who's, you know, a very good route runner and looks like he can help out in the slot. But that's not going to necessarily let you dominate games. He's not like the biggest, fastest, strongest guy around, and the lack of an outside threat is a huge problem for this team, and obviously they're hoping that Alan Robinson will alleviate that somewhat, but I don't know if he's a guy who can get it done. Like, he looked good with Blake Bortles, but that team was still pants when he was linking up with Blake Bortles. Like, this worries me. Yes, I I really like Jordan Howard. I really think Tarek Khan can be a very useful spot player, but I think, again, with the kind of guy he is, you're going to see in year two where there's more tape. Those are the kind of players, those kind of very explosive, you know, guys who come on and play in very specific situations are often the guys who suffer the most when more tape is on them because people know what to expect because the whole thing is they do something unexpected. Mm -hmm. I don't think Trubisky is going to be able to elevate beyond that. I still think the O-line is fine without being outstanding really what this team needs to do is establish some kind of passing game so that their running back is no longer facing eight-man boxes the whole time as happened last season Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure that they've done that and i'm not sure that this is an offense that is going to pose a huge amount of threat i also just like i think it is worth worth noting that there's a I'm not sure what the identity of this team is i know it's a team in transition and a team that's moving towards a new coaching staff and a new thing but I like I look at it I'm like I, I don't see where this all comes together you've gone from like being a team that ran like ran the ball very well but wasn't really willing to trust in doing that enough and maybe you will but I'm not sure that, that that I've seen the change I'm not sure that I've seen the personnel here that I would like to see to make that team be what it is and I think this team has to accept that Trubisky is limited which is a problem because they need him not to be limited to make the space mm for the running game to work. Yeah. So, I just yeah, I just don't like this offense at all. I would say, something I looked there at the Trubisky stuff and realized, so he has to have a good year because Chase Daniel is his backup, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's always <laughs> a good sign. But then, in looking at that, I noticed that their other backup is Tyler Bray. So they've got, so they've got a, a, a Kansas City <laughs> offensive coordinator and two ex-Kansas City Chiefs backups. Oh so uh, it's, it's, it's interesting you see that kind of little connection there. Yeah, so obviously we mentioned as well, Nick Nagy came in over. He was the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. He's been the offensive coordinator for a year because... Uh, uh, the Philadelphia head coach came before him and was, was was poached from that system. There was question marks over, obviously, last season with the Kansas City, the play calling. Judies mm-hmm. were handed over to him mid-season, and then he had the kind of dismal playoff game, and he spoke publicly to the, to the press about how he wasn't happy with how that went, but he talked directly with the Bears' management about that in, and allowed it to be factored into the decision-making kind of thing. And they said the way he dealt with that was a positive. Do we think... This is the type of guy who's going to be able to deal with the head coaching spot, or do we think like because he's only got one year's experience as an offensive coordinator, he doesn't have a wealth of knowledge of how this stuff runs, but he was able to get a lot out of that offense, albeit a much better equipped offense in Kansas City last year. He, 
I don't like. I'm not as down on, as Harry on the offense. I think the offense will be improved. And I think obviously, I think a lot of the hype here is almost like people follow a trend a year later, and obviously, I think people are seeing Matt Nagy as like almost a Sean McVay type uh, player. You know, coming from a coming from being an offensive coordinator with a kind of exciting game plan that seemed to reinvigorate that what I considered up to that point quite stale Kansas City offense coming in taking a young rookie putting weapons around them and you know the rookie then becoming you know ascending to the next level like we saw with Jared Goff uh, I, I never I still don't rate Jared Goff to be mm-hmm. honest and I don't yeah. rate Mitch Trubisky as Harry has very plentifully gone over I think for me I think Bears will be better this season it'll be hard not to be as boring and ineffectual as they were as under John Fox and I think Vic Fangio they kept him as a defensive coordinator like those defenses they certainly had issues but they're not terrible the only place that I'd be kind of worried is the secondary is still a bit questionable like the cornerbacks Kyle Fuller Prince McMore aren't too bad but if you're talking about slot corner and safety you're still not really sure who the Bears are going to put there so they could be I think they'll be quite uh, vulnerable to kind of seam routes and stuff like that from safeties and their uh, you know uh, their linebackers are good but not great covered linebackers in my opinion mm. so when it comes and like they're placing a lot of pressure on this rock on smith guy they're expecting him to come in and be that instant kind of uh, bobby wagner inside linebacker who controls and runs that defense we'll see if he can live up to that kind of hype that's obviously a really big uh, threshold to try and get over but I think the biggest problem for the Bears is even though I think they'll be better this season they're as we'll probably talk about very soon in a division with two other massive heavyweights and it's just hard to see them picking up any wins there and the other team in this division is also quite strong so for me like the Bears I think they'll be better I think they'll be improved but if you're expecting like an LA Rams type turnaround going you know from zero to hero instantaneously that's not going to happen the NFC North is too strong the NFC overall is too strong so I think you'll see progress I think you'll see the making of whether Mr. Trubisky is a genuine, you know, a genuine franchise quarterback, whether he's just going to have that kind of, you know, Matt Stafford type development, where a bit stupid, say, uh, <laughs> or a bit uh, reckless, but you know, showing the glimpses that we need. I think with someone Allen Robinson, there could be enough of those kind of magic moments, those kind of big plays, and with Trey Burton to kind of be a safety blanket there, that he will probably get enough rope to continue to be quarterback next year. But I just think with the, the division they're in, there's just no chance that they, they can get uh, like into the kind of playoff contention. Um, I, I suppose with Rokon Smith, I suppose that like it's, it's a different position, and obviously that leadership uh, potential makes it more difficult, but I assume they'd hope they get a Joey Bosa type situation where he's got that amount of talent that he can come in and make an instantaneous count, uh, impact and then maybe they have to rely a little bit more on Danny Trevathan to take on some of that leadership role in the early uh, in the early innings mm. uh, as he beds in a bit later than they'd like. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of the issues with this defense. Like they had a couple of games that were good last year. They had a couple of games that were just completely asleep. And I don't know what's snapping them out of that because, like like we say, there's not it's not there's, there's a couple of rookies coming in there, but there's not a wild pile going in. Like there's just. There's a lot of question marks that I'm not sure about. I'm a little bit higher in this team than, especially well, more than Harry anyway. But like, it's it's very much a team that I think isn't there yet, but will show some signs of improvement, and then might because they'll get a year to bet in and then Matt Nagy figure out whether or not he has a vision that they can build towards in the next three years or not. I think that's going to be big for it. So Harry, what do you have them going? I have them going three and thirteen. They are going to be the second worst team in the NFC. Ooh, who's going to be the worst? I wonder who that could be. Yeah, this team's going to mm. suck. Interesting. Uh, Ron? I have them going 5-11, and 11, obviously not making the playoffs. Being better uh, yeah. uh, than under John Fox. At least some exciting plays will happen. Yeah, I have them going 6-10, and 10, showing some upside, losing some close games, and them kind of figuring out what they want to do with this offense, and then kind of building their, building their next offseason around that. So yeah, Bears, interesting, kind of 
their high point is probably a 500 season to be fair if everything goes just right but we'll see we'll see uh, we'll shift on across to the Detroit Lions they brought in Matt Patricia trying to challenge to be the alternative uh, New England Patriots uh, trying to challenge Bill O'Brien for that for that kind of position and the Titans yeah they've added in Legarrette Blunt Kenyon Johnson uh, Frank Ragnow Luke Wilson and uh, Levene Toilolo uh, they lost Loli Nada Tyre Whitehead Eric Ebron Darren Fells Greg Robinson, Travis Swanson. So yeah, like initial reports out of camp were all this fucking shite about like, oh, he's going to lose his locker room because he's making them run sprints and he's trying to bring the Patriots way down here and it's not going to sit well with the people of Detroit. Oh, and he raped somebody. Whoops. Yeah, that was, yeah, that whole thing came out as well. Like, I don't know. It's just a load of weird shit got on of like, normally in the off season, you at least try and have them, the story be partially attached to football, you know? (laughs) Like, just generally, but I don't, I, I, I can't think of much that came out of there football-wise at all. Like, Patricia is coming down and trying to bring his defensive stuff. He brought some players, or he tried to bring some players along with him. I, you know my stance on the Lions. I'm not a big Lions fan to start with. I don't like the way they were set up. I don't have the belief that in Matt Stafford that everyone else seems to have in him. Do we think that Patricia coming down and bringing this kind of more rugged, kind of defense mindset is going to change stuff around they brought in blunt to give them a bit more of a run game a bit more of a hard edge kind of feel to them do we think that's going to work i'm not sure it'll work i don't think it's good enough in the context of the division and the conference that they find themselves in but i think in many ways the team will probably end up replicating uh what it's done for the last couple of seasons except maybe slightly below that uh with the changeover happening which is that they'll be a team that can win games, close games, because they have Matt Stafford, who's very good at it, uh, at least based on the last couple of seasons, but not necessarily a team that has the depth or the kind of functionality to kind of go for. And then, like, a lot of the changes that have been implemented by Patricia, like bringing in Blunt, like bringing in people like Levine Tolololo, those are just kind of like, you know, they're, they're slowly building that depth. And obviously the whole point of the Patriot way, at least over the last... Uh, five years like it's constant turnover constant competition no one's position is safe except for the quarterbacks if it's a if it's a franchise quarterback and everything else can be moved around so i expect that patricia is going to churn through a lot of players this season and be willing to make a lot of transactions you know of waivers and stuff like that to kind of churn this roster over in the first year i think because of that they're going to lose some games perhaps that they would have won last year but i think overall they're obviously building towards a very different identity uh, than they had previously which was kind of just that kind of standard kind of like a team that felt like it was going eight and eight every season Pat Patricia is obviously trying to build towards something that's a bit different from that uh, we'll see how that works out obviously the Patriot way plenty of people have tried it not necessarily everyone has succeeded with it yeah um, but like when you look over the roster there is hope there obviously like I know you said you don't like Matt Stafford but Matt Stafford had shown enough over the last two seasons two three seasons in particular to show that he can win games for his team like he's literally done it a whole crap ton of time now you could question why they ended up in that hole in the first place but when it comes down to the fourth quarter there's been no quarterback as clutch as Matt Stafford over the last two seasons like they bring in this carry on Johnson the latest in a long round of hope of maybe get a thousand yard rush it there I don't really see it like I, I imagine Blunt will take too many carries away from him do that and their wide receiver core and tight ends are basically where they were previously shit tight ends and you know decent receivers albeit still questions over who's there Kenny Galladay is obviously the guy that Harry uh, is in love with so maybe he'll make that next step and be that 
wide receiver one or two for them and replace Tate or Jones. It's just it's I like the defense is just solid and the, obviously they're placing a lot of trust that Patricia can take this these defensive pieces where there isn't really that many stars and make something out of them. I think like you know the only ones who can like you could be excited about are in the secondary the same players that were good like Glover Quinn. Darius Slay, you know, they have decent secondary there, or decent nucleus for secondary there. The rest of the defense is pretty there. Like, I think Ezekiel Anza is still their best defensive end. That doesn't really inspire much hope in me. No. So we'll see. But we know New England, they managed to have success without defensive ends or good defensive ends last season. So we'll see. I think last goes. season wasn't they just played without linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any pass rushers or linebackers. They had very little in that front seven, to be honest. <laughs> So, like, oh, yeah, I had to your whitehead. Mm, I don't. I think this team will be perfectly functional, but I think just in this division, it won't be enough. Yeah. No. And uh, with that in mind, Harry, what have you got them going? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Fitz. I have no comments to add to that. That was the entire history of the Detroit Lions. I think this team is gonna go six and ten. Pretty much the reasons run outlined. I think it's a mediocre team in a tough division. It's going through a transition. I don't think they're gonna be there yet. And because I like Kenny Galladay so much, that means somebody's going to like make fun of him at a bar and he's going to beat him up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chapman's Walder receivers, I like. Yeah, I'm going to go with 7 and 9. Similarly, like I said, don't have a huge amount of trust in Lions, never had. think it'll take more than a year to bed this stuff in, and I'm not loving the roster. Yeah, 6 and 10, transition year. We'll see how they do. But they won't make any game easy, I think, for most teams. Hmm. Do they, they still... They still own the rights of Megatron, don't they? Or did they come to an agreement to sever that? I don't know. Yeah. I lost track of that a while ago. I see um, Antonio Brown was knocking him for it recently. Yeah? Uh, yeah, he just, just... I don't know if he was asked about it or if he just brought it up and he was like, oh, you, this was shit, wasn't it? Yeah, quit in the middle of the day. I can see it, yeah. Just, like I said, it's the off-season. They'll make a new story out of almost anything. Onwards and upwards, we're going to move on to the Packers. Oh, good team. Yeah, fun times. So, additions, uh, Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, uh, Tremont Williams, and Mo Wilkerson. They have lost Jordy Nelson, who's, according to news reports, looking like 28-year-old Jordy Nelson, which is a weird specific point to do. It's like, is that when he first lost a step? So he's a little bit quicker, but he's not young Jordy Nelson. <laughs> I remember or? if that was one of the seasons he missed the entirety of the ACL injury. Or not, <laughs> obviously. Uh, they also lost Morgan Burnett, Marius Randall, Devon House, Jake Ryan injury, and uh, Dom Capers is obviously gone oh, no. as well. So... This is an interesting one. They seem to be trying to do a little bit of stuff with the defense, trying to actually actually make moves in free agency and and and, and you know uh, bring in players like like the additions of Jimmy Graham, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, Nelson obviously being gone. Uh, there's a lot of news reports about that pissing off Aaron Rodgers, but let's be honest, we saw that he lost more than just a step last season and to an extent a little bit of the season beforehand and as soon as Rodgers wasn't there to kind of cover up for it, it was very much exposed just how much he had fallen off versus when he was at his peak. It's it's an interesting one because I think we always have a belief in this Packers team that if Aaron Rodgers is there, they've got a chance if they've got some weapons outside and they've got now, they've, like I said, they've added Jimmy Graham to be a red zone target. They've been getting some good production out of their young... Uh, wide, I suppose they're not that young anymore. Now, but <laughs> they all feel young, don't they? Yeah, they all feel young because I still remember like, drafting them and like, oh, I wonder if this guy will make it into the into the rotation. Like, no, no, no. Um, well, he's been the WR1 for two years, Connor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Like, is this a team, given that they're making, making adjustments on the defence and stuff, that can finally be able to survive if... Rodgers misses a few games or is this still a team that rides entirely on Aaron Rodgers' back? Well, you see, this is the thing. It doesn't have to be a team that rides entirely on Aaron Rodgers' back. But when your backups are Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser, then 
Yeah, kind of. I mean, that is a grim quarterback room. Yeah. Like, Hundley was... God, do you remember when they played each other last year? Yeah, like, I do. That was one of the worst games of football I... I mean, technically, were, I was, it was exciting because it was so awful, but it was one of the most technically inept games of football I've ever seen quarterback. Like, Ooh. if Rodgers goes down, this team is fucked because it doesn't matter how much other areas of the team are improved. The drop-off at quarterback, like, that might be the... But barring, like, the situation in New England, that might be, like, the biggest drop-off between a quarterback and their backup in the league. Like, mm. that is really, really bad. So, yeah, to answer that part of the question, yes, if Rodgers goes down, this team is still fucked, and it's not because of what they've done with the rest of the team, which I just kind of like. I think firing Dom Capers is long overdue and is going to make this defense look better regardless of what happens yeah, because he fair. was just terrible. But if Rodgers goes down, this team is just not going to be able to move the ball. It just There is no... It's not only that they're like bad quarterbacks, they are two extraordinarily error-prone quarterbacks as well, mm-hmm. which means that they're the kind of people who you can't go out and just get by enough to let other people do their thing. They're the kind of players who make game-breaking, game-changing errors, who throw picks at the worst time, who fumble at the worst time, who make boneheaded throws. Like These are two guys who have arm talent and need a lot more time to develop. And if either of them gets thrown in mid-season... I just would be very, very scared for this Green Bay Packers team. And it's not like they have, you know, a, a, a dominant running game they can lean on either. They're still quite thin at the running back position. We've seen things from like Montgomery and Williams and Jones that they look kind of okay. But none of them are, again, the kind of player who can take over a game and just pound it out on the ground. And we saw that last season, to be honest with you. When Rodgers got hurt, these guys weren't good enough. And it was the same stable, weren't mm-hmm. good enough to make up the difference. And that, to me, is, is huge. So, yeah... I, I, I kind of like what they've done. I think it's been uh, they've made a major change that's been overdue, and they've continued doing sort of some Green Bay things in some areas. They've developed in-house talent. We've seen the rise of Devonte Adams, like you mentioned, yeah. and we've seen guys like you know like Blake Martinez come through on the defense, who are mm-hmm. talented, uh, talented players. But I just don't. I just think this team is all about Aaron Rodgers because the, just the quarterback situation. I, it's as simple as that yeah. to me. Like we see here, they kind of they double down between Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson to kind of try and overhaul that secondary because I think they saw some of the massive weaknesses they had in that <laughs> going into the uh, <laughs> yeah, and like that's paired. Then they've got uh, they've also got a Ninja Turtle. Who they've got a, a Ninja Turtle, Donatello Brown. Oh, excellent! Uh, but obviously, that's that's being paired with they've got Kevin King back there. They've got uh, Clinton Dix. They, this is this is a team that has an awful lot of investment in that secondary, and presumably are hoping with this change of of uh, of uh, of capers to try and actually make the most of the talent that they have there. They've also like they brought in. I think the entire, according to what I've got here, the entirety of their left inside linebacker is uh, is is rookies. So they've got uh, Oren Burks, Greer, Greer Martini, and uh, Marcus Port are all fighting it out for that spot like this is a team that's obviously looking for a big turnaround on its defence do you think they're going to be able to get that in one year Fitz? Yeah I think the defence will be improved mm-hmm. I don't think that will be difficult necessarily I think particularly against the best, like good offences ones that could spread them out they've been particularly poor now they did lose Morgan Burnett I think that's a massive loss because he was basically their go-to sticking plaster for over their entire secondary <laughs> and losing him means that if any of these guys don't work out, if they're a bit soft, uh, particularly at a strong safety position, they will probably be a little weak there. I think that's particularly pertinent because that strong safety is going to be in rotation with those linebackers who you point out aren't exactly overflowing with talent. You got your like you're pulling out Clay Matthews into the into the into that like hopefully pass rush role again. 
Uh, I don't know, he hasn't really been that good. You're bringing back Blake Martinez back again. Like, they were probably expecting Jake Ryan, who'd lost injury, to kind of step up. And now, instead, they're going to have to rely on probably two rookies to kind of fill out that linebacker rotation. Mm. And I think that's going to make them a bit soft in the middle, a bit soft, especially with running backs to get to the second level, and a bit soft against kind of, like, slot receivers and the like. I think you know, they won't get burned deep quite as often as they did last season, but I think they might be a bit softer to kind of New England type of approach, for example. And I think, you know, like Harry said a lot of time, talking about what happened if Aaron Rodgers injured. Okay, yeah, he's got, like, 12 screws in his reconstructed collarbone, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I think... Regardless of whether we think he will survive, I think all of us can agree that we want him to survive. Oh, yeah. We yeah. want to see Aaron Rodgers at his best come back here and start burning up the league again. I think, you know, it's been missing the last couple of years. I think with Jimmy Graham, like, whatever about Jimmy Graham's ability in the open field right now, last season he showed, all you do, you go up to the red zone. When you're in the red zone, just move Jimmy Graham and then he's on like a linebacker and then you score a touchdown. Uh, if Russell Wilson could do that and Russell Wilson isn't necessarily the greatest manipulator of the game he, he has lots of other skills to make up for it Aaron Rodgers one of the best manipulators of the game in football today I'm sure he'll make Jimmy Graham work particularly in that area and make sure to get touchdowns when they get down there and with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and uh, quite a with St. Brown apparently he's a good training camp I've known that, that they can get into those situations yeah, no, so yeah Aaron Rodgers is still going to do a lot of more work but perhaps not quite as much work as last year. Maybe that'll take him off the field enough that he won't get his collarbone won't explode. Yeah, and we've also the, the the biggest news, of course, in training camp so far is uh, Hunter Bradley, the seventh round long snapper that they drafted, uh, has moved up to the top of the depth chart, uh, moving ahead of Zach Trinner at the moment. So uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on that to see how that goes. That will obviously be key to it. I think actually this is the this is the only team that we've all agreed on what we were giving them for the record. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Harry, you've given them. I have them going thirteen and three. That is obviously assuming that Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, and that will be good enough for the fifth seed. However. I think there are enough holes that this team will not get past the wildcard round. This is hilarious, as I've also got them going 13-3. I also have that getting them the fifth seed. Can you tell that we think the NFC might be a bit stacked? <laughs> and I also have them going out in the wildcard game. And Fitz? I have them going 13-3, which in my scenario is good enough for the number one seed, albeit on a tiebreaker. Uh, and they make it to the NFC Championship, but lose. Ooh, keep it in the back pocket. Uh, yeah, so basically we're all expecting a nice big year out of, uh, out of Green Bay, barring an injury, at which point we're just going, Jesus Christ, make it stop. Can we, can, can we just watch curling instead? Like, I think there's no team in this division that can get to the quarterback consistently. Yeah, it's actually worth noting, I think one thing, and this is a kind of, I actually really, this is not a big thing, but I, I love Mercedes Lewis. I love that they have a really, really good blocking tight end. And that's so they go and get Jimmy Graham, and you're like, okay. But he can't do this. I'm like, aha, we have the anti-Jimmy Graham. <laughs> and to be fair, like, they, can, they can just use him for blocking in the way that they would use a running back for blocking, given they don't really have a running back. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's actually, a, that's actually a really underrated addition to this team. Yeah, so I think that'll be good. We'll move on now to, uh, I suppose, it's bizarre to not have the Packers be necessarily the most hyped team in the division going into a, into a year. But uh, here we go. Skull. The Minnesota Vikings. Skull, indeed. They have added Kirk Cousins, Trevor Simeon. One of these things is not like the other. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sheldon Richardson and uh, Mike Hughes they lost Sam Bradford Case Keenum Teddy Bridgewater Jarek McKinnon Joe Berger Jeremiah Searles and Nick Easton uh, so this is a roster that we think probably top to bottom is one of the best rosters in the in the league at the moment it's got depth it's got scope it's got playmakers at every level of the offense and of the defense 
This is a great spot for Kirk Cousins to be landing into. Obviously, it does mean that there's a, going to be a shit ton of pressure piled on him because, you know, they were able to get success with that kind of mixed bag of three different quarterbacks last year. They've now invested heavily and gave him this fully guaranteed contract to bring him in. They're expecting big things. Do we think Kirk Cousins is the guy who can take this defense to, or take this offense to the next level? Uh, or do we think this is an offense that is... As we saw last year, it didn't really matter who was at the quarterback position. They have running backs. They have great wide receivers. They have tight ends. They have everything you need to succeed that it's almost immaterial. Well, I, I think he does. I think, like, although I don't believe that Kirk Cousins is necessarily as good as his contract would dictate on a relative level, he's better than Case Keenum. I'm, I'm going to go out there on a limb. I'm going to say he's better than Case Keenum. I also think they've changed defensive coordinator from Pat Sherman, who runs a very conservative offense, which works with a guy like Keenum. To Filippo, so you're looking at something that might allow Cousins to cut loose a bit more mm-hmm. than he's done, and we've seen him do that with some success in Washington. And now you're like, hey, we've also got two really good wide receivers. We've got a really solid tight end with good hands. We've got running back who's way better than anyone you've ever played with, probably based on an extremely small sample size, mm-hmm. but way better than what, what he had in, in Washington. This team is ready to go off. I think, like we saw them get. As far as they did, with a little luck last year, with Case Keenum, a quarterback who is not probably not in the top 50% of starting quarterbacks in the league, in my view. No. He's very, like, average. He's not bad. He's average. Case uh, Kirk Cousins is a guy with way more potential, a guy who can do way more things, probably a guy who makes slightly more poor decisions, but not to the level of a guy that you really worry about. This is this is this team could be crazy good, and I think that Kirk Cousins isn't going to be the elite guy. But it doesn't matter. We've seen, for example, what happened in the Super Bowl. And if you get a guy who's like pretty good, and you put him in a system where he's just absolutely surrounded by weapons, and he gets good protection, and I think this is one of the things that you cannot overstate is how the Vikings have turned around their offensive line from it being absolutely trash to it being perfectly serviceable over the last few seasons. This this team is just in, in such a strong position on the offense. Like Diggs and Thielen, if Diggs can stay healthy, he's going to have a monster season. Thielen is an incredibly safe pair of hands and one of the top receivers for catching contested balls. And this is another thing to note, right, is that Diggs and Thielen caught a crazy amount of contested passes this year because Case Keenum isn't that accurate. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy who has much better accuracy in general. That puts those two receivers in an even bigger position to succeed. And you've really got... almost bottomless well of potential as to what this offense can do through the air. And then you've got, obviously, uh, Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, who is, again, a a top backup running back in this league, to be honest, and probably could start on some teams. Mm -hmm. Behind Cook, who, who, if he comes back looking like he did before his injury, is a guy who could definitely be a top 10 running back. Like, this is, this is, this team could just throw for, like, a bajillion yards crazy to me that they've been able to put together this much of an offense and part of it has been smart it's been taking guys like Diggs and Thielen and putting in the work and you know you get a bit of luck to develop talent but you also need to have the correct structures to develop talent I think we've seen that with Mike Zimmer and that gives me a lot of hope that if we want to see Kirk Cousins actually reach his potential this is the right kind of environment to do it in it's a stable organization it's a well-coached organization Mm. it's where they're willing to give him the support supporting cast he needs none of which he had in Washington mm-hmm. so yes I think not only can Kirk Cousins bring this team to another level I think we're going to see this team bring Kirk Cousins to the next level as well mm-hmm. and that level is going to be a really strong contender in the NFC yeah well, like if you look at it then I suppose there's, there's the question of on say let's let's say look at their trenches so on their defensive side we're pretty happy with where they were they've added even more strength there by bringing in Sheldon Richardson and stuff like that 
like pairing that they've got what Linval Joseph, Anderson Griffin, all that. Like that's 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 a monster. And then like the linebackers are great. The offensive line might be the question mark on this team to an extent because while they they did an okay job last year, they weren't excellent and they weren't having to hold them up. If we're if we're expecting them to go for a slightly more aggressive offense, we're going to expect them to have to hold the ball a little bit longer, be playing for deeper plays, especially with the way that Kirk Cousins plays himself. Like we have what Riley Reef, like a practice squad player coming up from Jacksonville, starting on the line, I think competing against a rookie and stuff. Like this is. It's not exactly the best-looking line in the world, is it? No, like I think there's definitely issues there, and I think Pat F line, their starting centers dealing with some injury stuff at the moment as well. So, like, like I think the offensive line definitely has issues, but I think last year they showed, or at least like like last year they showed that they can move around that. The question is, is whether you know you bring in John Filippo coming from an exciting kind of like Philadelphia Eagles offense, and whether he feels he'll be able to run that type of offense with that kind of offensive line. I think, you know, the way that they played last year, it was very clever, Pat Shermer, you know, with Case Keenum there kind of almost helped to a certain extent where you're, cause you're, you're generally not expecting Case Keenum to throw it down the field because unless, you know, a New Orleans Saints falls down, it generally doesn't work with Case Keenum. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that means that I think the offense has a lot more upside this year and maybe they'll try to do that. But I think, you know, they have Dalvin Cook there. I think he showed some really high potential, a high ceiling last year. And they have Latavius Murray, as Harry mentioned. And if they can establish that run game, and I think it'll be really important that they do. And I think, you know, with a coach like Mike Zimmer, no matter what John DeFilippo thinks, I don't think Mike Zimmer's going to say, Jack Mike Zimmer's going to demand a certain amount of, like, balanced play calling, basically. Uh, and I think that means they'll run the ball with Dalvin Cook, show what they have. And the early preseason reports are that they love Dalvin Cook. So I think that'll take enough pressure off that offense that Kirk Cousins can like, kind of do maybe some of that, those RPO concepts taken from um, the Eagles' offensive playbook and also just be able to do play act, kind of traditional play action, which uh, Kirk Cousins is generally pretty good at. I think like Kirk Cousins, if he needs to, can kind of play that point guard type quarterback anyway. I don't think that necessarily plays into the strength of uh, Thielen and Diggs. I think that, that, that they've shown their best skills uh, like kind of on the outside and go routes and stuff like that. But I think... I think with the talent that they have, I think those receivers are good enough and flexible enough and they don't have the same type of egos that they should be able to still kind of adapt and play to the thing there. I think, you know, I think it's a very upside. This, this offense, if they play that RPO type style, that can take away a lot of the weaknesses of an offensive line as well. So I, like, do be worried and Minnesota Vikings have a terrible history of their offensive linemen dying uh, during the year and end up having to bring back like Jake Long from, in, from retirement and stuff like that. So, if they can avoid injuries, I think there's enough talent there that they can get the offense going with Dalvin Cook hopefully giving time and giving enough pause to the offense that they can't just uh, stack the box and kind of rush too much and focus on Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins in a complementary role could be amazing with that defense and that offense helping him do that. Yeah, so I think we've got like, this is this is definitely a, a strong on both sides of the ball. Probably, if anything, has improved. I think, uh, I, I don't see the, any areas where they've gotten much weaker really. Is there? Um, I who's their kicker? <laughs> no kicker's fine, yeah. No kicker punter, yeah, fine, yeah. Pretty good. Don't know much about the long snapper. Maybe that's a problem. Yeah, that could well be a problem. You know, uh, I think there's an argument made that, like, compared to the, like you know the Eagles, we talk about all the depth they have. I don't think the Vikings have that quite that same like level of depth. Um, to kind of like if they lose someone, uh, like if they lose people, I think particularly in the secondary, there's a kind of a very big yeah. drop off. From people like Sandeo, Rhodes, uh, Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith mm. to their next level. So 
you know, I don't need the de- I don't need the defense like the Eagles, where if they lose a player, they can perhaps make up for it. If they lose two or three key pieces, it's a defense that could fall apart, kind of like those high end Seahawks defenses back mm-hmm. in the day. But that's true of most teams, so I would not worry about yeah. too much. So, I suppose with, with with that in mind, uh, we'll see how we think they're going to get on. So, Harry, you have them going. I have them going thirteen and three, which is good enough to get them the number two seed. However, I see them being pretty much immediately eliminated in the divisional round and yeah interesting exactly I have them going 13-3 and as well which is also good enough for the second seed and I have them making it to the championship game but I believe not making it out of the championship game I have been going 12-4 and in a highly competitive NFC North behind the Packers winning their wildcard round but then losing to the Packers in the divisional round okay very interesting so that's good uh, so yeah, so overall, this is a this is I think what we would say is quite a quite a good uh, well, so it's half and half <laughs> divided. <laughs> like it's two really really strong teams. One that we think is kind of in in a transition period entirely, and the Bears, which could be in the start of something or could be at the end of something, depending <laughs> no, on how the year goes. Uh, and we're a bit split on that. But yeah, like two powerhouses that we we're going to expect to see, and we could see either of them kind of running deep if they hit if they hit a nice hot patch towards the tail end. So uh, NFC North, time for some exciting games, I think. Uh, so that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, next week we're going to be looking at the NFC South. Uh, so this was bye from myself, bye from Harry, bye, bye from Ronan, bye. This has been all four quarters. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you next week. <laughs>